Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. I want to pray for you and add my faith to yours. I'm praying, Heavenly Father, that you would cause your presence to be felt by every person connected here right now that the presence of God would melt, make the mountains melt like wax. The presence of God would bring joy and peace and pleasures forevermore. You said, Lord, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I pray for your presence to release and activate every breakthrough needed today. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the presence of God to bring peace like never before. I pray for a peace that passes understanding in Jesus name. Amen. We'll expect your mountains to melt like wax today and expect something good to happen in your life today. And if you're like me, I want to get right into the teaching, because if you're like me, you've struggled a lot, you failed a lot, you've messed up a lot, and it's easy to get tired from the struggle. But the truth is we shouldn't have to claw and fight to overcome sin, to experience God's love or to get God to keep his promises. That's what grace is all about and nothing we can do or haven't done, nothing we have done or haven't done can change what Jesus has already done on the cross. And I began to talk to you last Sunday about how our struggle is over. Why? Because God is committed to keeping his promises to you, no matter how far you've fallen, no matter how often you've failed or where you're at in your life right now. This is why Jesus was born. This is why he died. And this is why he rose from the dead to bring you comfort and to announce to you your struggle is over. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse one, he says, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. God wants to bring comfort. And I pray that the comfort of the Holy Spirit would flood your life today. In verse two, he says, speak comfort to my people and cry out to her that her warfare is ended. Her struggle is over. Her iniquity is pardoned and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. What a promise that God says our struggle is over. Our iniquities are forgiven. Our sins are, have been pardoned and we will receive double back. However bad it's been, it's going to be twice as good. However wrong it's been, it's going to be twice as right. However empty you've been, you're going to be twice as filled. However, you however broken you've been, you're going to be twice as restored. That's God's promise. And he doesn't need our promises to keep his promises. That's why the struggle is over. Jesus did it all. So where are we missing it? Because our failure to understand this is what keeps us beaten by stress and anxiety, stress and anxiety. And we're going to attack those today. Remember, the heart is under constant attack. And I want to share with you a few thoughts about finding rest for your heart, finding freedom from stress. I want to show you how we instead of being stressed, we can actually have rest. Now, I read recently that the number one heart disease or heart disease is the number one killer among men and women in America, whether they're white, whether they're black, whether they're Hispanic. And in fact, where women are concerned, because many people have thought that that heart disease is more of a man's disease. But for women, the study showed that one out of every three women die of heart disease, while one out of 31 die of breast cancer. So we really need to pay attention to the heart and give attention to the heart. 
In the United States alone, someone has a heart attack every 34 seconds. Every 60 seconds, someone dies from a heart disease-related event, whether it's cardiovascular or heart disease, it claims more lives than all forms of cancer combined. And we put so much emphasis on cancer, and we should, because God wants to heal that as well. But there's so much greater of a risk in our lives by having our heart stressed out, because doctors have, al have already said that the number one ingredient to heart disease is stress. Of course, eating right and exercise is vital, but one of the major indicators of heart disease is stress that comes from unforgiveness, unfulfilled promises, uncertainty. Un there's so many, there are so many uh, causes or a few causes of stress that we are all dealing with. Unresolved conflict, these are things that weigh upon the heart and can actually stop the heart. And today I want to heal your heart. God wants to heal your heart. He said the, the first thing he did after preaching the gospel, he said, I, I, I'm anointed by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to preach the gospel and then to heal the heart, to heal the broken heart, the weighed down heart, the stressed out heart. Wow. This is something that God really wants to do in your life today. And I want to be a part of your healing and I want to be a part of your freedom from stress. Listen now, God's rest. God wants to give you rest instead of stress. And God's rest has nothing to do with just taking a break. It's got little to do with just what our activities are. It has everything to do with trusting God as our source. Listen, Adam and Eve were created dwelling in the rest of God. There was no labor involved. Sure, they had jobs to do, naming the animals, overseeing the Garden of Eden. And but God was the source of their rest and he wants to be the source of your rest, too. And they blew it because they believed a lie. They lost rest. They became stressed because they believed a lie. Matthew 11, 28, believe this truth, because Jesus said, I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and I will give you rest for your souls. The soul needs rest. The heart needs rest. Jesus said, I'm going to give you rest in Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to give you rest. So let's talk about some things about this verse when Jesus says, I will give you rest. First, rest is a gift. He says, I'll give it to you. And second, rest is a promise. He said, it's God's will. I will give it to you. I will give it to you. I will give you rest, which makes it a gift. And I will give you rest, which makes it a promise. I want you to think about that for a moment right now. God has offered a gift of rest and Jesus has offered a promise. He has declared a promise of rest. It's rest that he gives in Mark, Chapter four, verse thirty nine. Jesus had just spoken to the sea and he said, peace, be still. Remember when Jesus calmed the storm, it says Jesus said, peace, be still. And then and the very next verse says, and there was a great calm. Is there a great calm in your life right now? I know there's not a great calm in the world right now. 
There is not a great calm around the nations right now. There is not a great calm in the, in the economy right now. There's not a great calm in the spiritual world right now because the enemy is running rampant on so many people. But God said he would give your soul rest. Spiritual warfare is resisting the thoughts that try to tell us that we have to remain stressed out, that tell us that the devil has power over us, that tell us that we're not going to have true rest. Those are all lies from the devil and spiritual warfare is resisting those lies. That's what wears us out. These lies are what wear us out and get us fatigued and get us stressed out. But Hebrews chapter four, verse three says, for we who have believed we enter God's rest. We who believe have entered God's rest. Believe in what? Believe in the power of God. Our faith rests on the power of God. And what is the power of God? The cross is the power of God. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 18, the cross is the power of God and our faith rests on the power of God. It doesn't rest on our wisdom. It rests on the power of God. And the cross is the power of God. So when we believe in the finished work of the cross, that's when rest comes to our soul. And the greatest stress comes from us being enslaved to a false belief that we have to save ourselves. Jesus is God's answer to the slavery of self. Jesus is God's answer to the slavery of struggle. Jesus is God's answer to the slavery of feeling in bondage to stress. Jesus is the answer to the stress of our soul. Jesus is the answer to the struggle of our soul. Jesus is the answer to the salvation of our soul. This is what gives us rest. Jesus frees us. Now, I want to share with you four things he frees us from. But Jesus frees us from the pressure of the four things that every human being on this earth is trying to do in their lives. There are four things that people are trying to do. And this is what stresses us out. We're trying to find ourselves. We're trying to fill ourselves. We're trying to free ourselves and we're trying to fix ourselves. I want to say those again to you because this is why we're so worn out. We spend our lives trying to find ourselves. We're trying to find our purpose, find our destiny, find our mission, find our passion, find what we love doing. If we do what we're loving, then we'll always enjoy it. All, all these things that we're trying to find ourselves, we're trying to find what we're made for. People are spending their lives, they're spending their time, they're spending their money trying to find themselves. And I tell you this, Jesus solves that because he finds us. I'll get to that in a moment. But we're, we're stressed out because we're trying to find ourselves and we're comparing ourselves to others, we're trying to find ourselves and we're lost and we can't find ourselves. That's what wears us out. But Jesus finds us and we're trying to fill ourselves, we're trying to fill ourselves with the right friends, trying to fill ourselves with the right food and drink. We're trying to fill ourselves with the right occupation and the time and what we spend our time doing. We're trying to trying to fill ourselves with happiness, trying to fill ourselves with anything that we can feel filled up by. And Jesus solves that. We'll get to all that his solutions in a minute. But we try to find ourselves. We try to fill ourselves. We try to free ourselves. How many people are trying to free themselves from a 
bad opinion of yourself, a low self-worth. You're trying to free yourself from, um, from bondages, from addictions, from habits, from negativity. We're trying to free ourselves from uh, the, the bondage of what people think about us. We're trying to free ourselves. We're tr it wears us out trying to find ourselves. It wears us out trying to fill ourselves. Wears us out trying to free ourselves and wears us out trying to fix ourselves. We all try to fix ourselves. We try to fix what's wrong. We try to fix our face. We try to fix our walk. We try to fix our talk. We try to fix what people think about us. We're, we're constantly trying to fix what's broken inside. And when the soul is broken, only the creator of the soul can heal it, right? And that's what Jesus came to do. This is what grace does. Jesus said to the meek and the humble, Jesus says he's meek and humble. And he says, he says, I'm humble, I'm meek, I'm, I'm lowly of heart. He, he wasn't saying he had low self-worth. He was saying, I, I'm humble and I'm here to give you rest. I know what it's like to be stressed out and I know what it's like. I know what you feel and I've come to give you rest. Jesus is demonstrating his power by offering to do these four things. The soul needs rest. We're weary from fighting condemnation. We're weary from fighting guilt. We're weary from trying to fi find ourselves, free ourselves, fill ourselves and fix ourselves. This is why people do what we do. This is why we do what we do. This is why we make the choices we make. This is why we make sinful decisions. This is why we become religious zealots and we go to these extremes. Neither are right, but they both are a response to trying to do these things ourselves. We're trying to find ourselves. We're trying to fill ourselves. We're trying to free ourselves and we're trying to fix ourselves and our efforts to do those four things is wiped us out and worn us out and beat us up. And that's why Jesus came. So as we celebrate and continue to celebrate this month of Advent, this season of Jesus first coming, the promise of his first coming that he fulfilled is a guarantee that the promise of his second coming will be fulfilled as well. But what's what is Jesus doing in between these two comings? What is Jesus doing in between his first coming born in a manger and his second coming when he comes on this mighty horse and this mighty thunder and power split in the eastern skies? What what is he doing in the meantime? He's finding you. He's filling you. He's freeing you. He's fixing you. And all we have to do is come to him. He said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let's talk about how he does these four things for a moment. Number one, he finds us in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. It says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, we were the ones that were lost. This is what frees me from the pressure to find myself like I'm not worried about what other people are doing. I'm not comparing myself to what other people are doing or saying. I'm not comparing myself anymore. I've done that many years in my life, spent many years doing that. But finding myself was something that I gave up doing 
when I realized that Jesus did a better job at it than I did. Jesus does a better job at finding me than I do at finding me. And so when I realized he came to seek and to save me, it frees me from finding and saving myself. It frees me from having to focus on self, that I was valuable enough to him that he would come from heaven to earth to find me, that you are valuable enough to him to come from heaven to earth to find you, that the son of God would become the son of man. So the sons of men could become sons of God. He came to find you. Yeah, you're the one he's been looking for. You're the lost sheep. You're the lost coin. You're the lost son or daughter. You're the pearl of great price that Jesus was willing to sell everything he had to find you, to buy you back. Why? Because he specializes in finding lost things. He specializes in finding lost things. And he is the son of God who became the son of man to find you and me and make us sons and daughters of God. Won't you just receive that right now? Just say, Jesus, I come to you to find me, find me, find who I really am, save who I really am, make me who you want me to be. That's so simple. Jesus, find me. Can we make that our prayer? We'll just pray these four things today. And can we just make that the first one? Jesus, find me. You know, we were the ones that were lost. He's good at seeking. He's good at finding. He knows no matter how far you've fallen, he'll find you there. No matter how many times you've failed, he'll find you there. No matter how many times you've, you've given up and you've quit and you've gone back into the corner, get away from everybody else, he'll find you there. No matter what, hanging out with the wrong people, he'll find you there. In the wrong places, he'll find you there. He's not going to condemn you there. He's going to find you there. And when he finds you, the first thing he wants to do is fill you. He wants to fill you with his love. He wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants to fill you with his peace. He wants to fill you with his joy. In John chapter four, verse 14, Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water that I give him, he will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will become a well of water, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So the first thing Jesus does, he frees us from needing to find ourselves. He finds us because he specializes in finding lost things. Secondly, we get worn out because we're trying to fill ourselves with all these substances and things and social media and parties and people and money and life and just trying to be filled with something. Success. Will that fill us? Popularity. Will that fill us? Will this if I eat this diet and if I behave this way, will that fill me? Will that satisfy me? Will that gratify me? And Jesus says, you know what? You're going to just struggle the rest of your life when you try to fill yourself. Let me fill you. So let's make that our second prayer. Jesus, fill me. Can you pray that with me? Just say, Jesus, fill me. Jesus, thank you for finding me. Now, Jesus, fill me. Fill me with your spirit. 
Fill me with your peace. Fill me with your wisdom. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your love. Come on, just pray that. Fill me, Jesus. Fill me, Jesus. Satisfy and gratify me, Jesus. You know, it might sound selfish that you're asking Jesus to satisfy you and gratify you, but he said he would do it. He said he's the one that fills us. He said we'll never thirst again. Yes, you can pray boldly like that. Jesus, fill me and satisfy me and gratify me. It's not selfish. It's what the heart is seeking for. It's what we're all wanting. It's what we're all trying so hard to get and doing it the wrong way. We're trying to fill ourselves. So why not just ask Jesus to do it since he promised he would? Number three, he frees us. We are free from having to free ourselves. Jesus sets us free from having to free ourselves from all the bondages, all the addictions, all the bad habits. You know, Jesus said, I don't condemn you. You know, the secret to the woman who in John chapter eight, they wanted to stone her to death. And Jesus said, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. And they all dropped their rocks in John chapter eight. Remember, and Jesus looks at this woman and says, woman, who condemns you now? And she said, no one, Lord, they've all they've all left. And he said, neither do I condemn you now. Go and sin no more. In other words, the secret to her freedom was not her trying really hard to stop sinning, but to know that in the middle of her sin, Jesus didn't condemn her in the middle of her behavior. Jesus said, I don't condemn you. He didn't say go and sin no more and then I won't condemn you. He said he put it in the proper order. I don't condemn you now. Go and sin no more. The power to go and sin no more is in the power to know that he doesn't condemn you. He frees you from condemnation. He frees you from guilt. He frees you from self judgment. He frees you from whatever addiction that you're struggling with, because we're all addicted to something in one way or another. He frees us from being under the bondage of anything. He frees us from worrying about what people think about us because he tells us what he thinks about us. He loves us. He adores us. He said you are his beloved. If somebody asks you what God thinks of you, tell him. God thinks I'm his beloved. How do you see yourself? I see myself as the one whom Jesus loves. He frees us from that self hate. He frees us from that self condemnation. He frees us. It says in John chapter eight, verse thirty six, he who the sun sets free is free. Indeed, he who the sun sets free is actually truly free. There is no true freedom without the sun setting us free. So he came to set us free. We're worn out because we're trying to free ourselves from all these things. We're trying so hard to get God to do it. And he said, I'm I'm doing it for free. I've come to free you. He who the sun sets free is free. Indeed, I do not condemn you. That's what frees you. I don't condemn you. We need to be free from condemnation before we, we could ever be free from the things that we were doing wrong. He wants to free us from the guilt. The guilt keeps us in bondage to it. The condemnation keeps us in this self fulfilling prophecy of sabotaging our own lives and sabotaging ourselves. He frees us from all of that. 
Come on, make that your third prayer today. Jesus, free me, free me from guilt, free me from condemnation, free me from addictions, free me from what I'm in bondage to, free me from whatever is imprisoning me that I don't even know. Free me from it. Free me from the pressure to free myself. Free me from the pressure to find myself. Free me from the pressure to fill myself. Free me from the pressure to free myself. There's freedom when you pray that Jesus free me. Come on. Are you with me on this? Jesus, find me. Pray that Jesus, find me. Jesus, fill me. Jesus, free me. And number four, Jesus fixes us. He makes us whole. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That word restore is he fixes it. He puts it back together. He puts it back the way that it was intended to be. Jesus comes to make us whole. Jesus comes to fix our brokenness. Wow. In Mark, Chapter one, verse 40, a man with leprosy camp comes to Jesus and he comes to Jesus, imploring him, kneeling down, begging him. If you are willing, Jesus, he says to Jesus, if you are willing, think about that. He says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I like what the CEV translation says there. You have the power to make me well if only you wanted to. I want you to think about that. This man prays a powerful, daring prayer, a vulnerable prayer, a, a prayer that that's that smacks the face of religion that says, oh, Jesus doesn't want to. God doesn't want to do anything for you. He says. Jesus, you have the power to make me well, if only you wanted to. Then I love what Jesus says in verse 41. It says Jesus felt sorry for this man. So he put his hand on him and said, I want to. Now you are well. Jesus said he said, you can make me make me clean, Jesus, if only you wanted to. And Jesus said, I want to. And he put his hand on him and he healed him and made him whole. I want to. If you ever wondered, Jesus, do you really want to do this for me? I want to Jesus, if you could like at least this man believed Jesus had the power to do it. He just didn't know if Jesus had the willingness to do it. But Jesus answers the question for us forever. Is he willing? Yes, I, I yes, I am. Do you really want to do it? I want to. Do you really want to fix me? I want to. I know you, you have the power to fix me, but do you really want to fix me? I want to puts his hand on him, says, I want to. I love I love what the New Living Translation says. Move with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing. Be healed and made whole. Can you pray that with me today? Jesus, fix me. Jesus, make me whole. Jesus, restore me. Let's pray those four things together right now. So simple. Jesus, find me. Come on, say that with me. Pray this with me. Jesus, find me. Jesus, fill me. Jesus, free me. Jesus, fix me. 
I'm in your hands, Jesus. I'm in your view. Find me. I'm at your disposal. I'm at your feet. Fill me. I'm in bondage only to you from now on, Jesus. Jesus, free me. Jesus, you're you're the only one who can heal and restore and make me whole. Fix me. Well, what a powerful prayer. If you pray that Jesus, find me, Jesus, fill me, Jesus, free me, Jesus, fix me. Amen. Jesus, find me, Jesus, fill me, Jesus, free me, Jesus, fix me. Amen. In John chapter one, verse twenty nine, as we close, Jesus, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How do we get to the place where we're experiencing this? We simply ask. We simply pray. We simply talk to him. Jesus, find me. Jesus, fill me. Jesus, free me. Jesus, fix me. Jesus does away with sin. It says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What is the sin of the world? The sin of the world is trying to find ourselves, fill ourselves, free ourselves and fix ourselves without him. He frees us from that by finding us, filling us, freeing us and fixing us. Receive that today. And from this moment forward, everything's going to be all right. You're going to have We're going to have problems. We're going to have trials. We're going to have pressure. But we have the presence of God in our lives to find us, fill us, free us and fix us. And you know what? No matter how much of a work in progress we still are. He's doing all of that all the while at work in us, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Believe that today and everything's going to be all right. I bless you. I thank God for you. I can't wait to see you at our next service. If you need anything, you reach out to us. We are praying for you, standing with you, believing with you, and we are anointed with you together because we are the body of Christ. I love you guys. God bless.